Broadcasting from Knoxville, along the banks of the mighty Tennessee River, this is the Startup Knox podcast, featuring interviews with local entrepreneurs about their startups. I'm your host, Brandon Bruce, and today we continue our special series of interviews with black entrepreneurs. We're recording in partnership with the 100 Knoxville Initiative, which aims to increase revenue at black-owned businesses in Knoxville by $10 million over the next five years. Today, we're talking with Tiffany Walker, founder of Natural Aesthetics Diverse Studio, which provides all natural textures and creative styles along with tailored haircuts and customized colors. Tiffany launched the studio in March 2019 and today has more than 50 clients. Welcome to the show, Tiffany. Hey, good morning, Bruce. How are you feeling? Doing great. Doing great. It's a beautiful Tuesday. We're recording here toward the end of 2020. It has been a uh, tumultuous year, to say the least. How has the pandemic affected your studio this year? I can be quite honest with you, Bruce. It's actually been amazing. I can't even, you know, I, I try to go with my numbers and try to, you know, see what, you know, you know, everybody else is doing. And just me and my partner, we were kind of conversating like, hey, what's going on in your area? What's going on out there? But it has gotten super busy. And um, I, it's, it's a huge blessing. And it's, it, it seems like a lot more people have really, really took initiative as far as want to take over their finances. And a lot of people are really paying attention to what they want to really do with their life after the pandemic. And I, I feel like people want to really, really just go ahead and try to live their life now. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's right. And, and part of that is, is, is feeling good and looking good. And so it sounds like yeah. uh, your client base is, has really supported you. Have you had to change any of your your day to day practices, or are people coming in the studio want you know kind of one at a time now? What, what have you had to make any changes at all? Yes, I had to have a, a lot more changes than normal before um, before March 29th. That's when we actually I think we really officially shut down in the studio in the whole actually cosmetology industry. Um, we actually had to have them to come in, you know, the building and make sure their temperature is checked. They have to have their masks on before they enter the building. Only one person could, whoever who's actually on the service could only come into the building. They had to sanitize their hands before they actually come into the suite. Um, we actually could not use any capes. So we had to use plastic, plastic um, capes as far as disposable. Um, then making sure you have your micro band and sanitizing your station and your chairs and any area that they were sitting in. There's no drinking uh, water, no food. So that part of being happy in the studio is kind of, you know, gone because, um, you know, you can't have any festive time. So it's like just really getting your hair done and leaving. <laughs> Having a little fun and the mask is one big thing, too. So. I kind of, yeah. you know, had a, a bad sinus infection from the mask, you know, working with the mask on and all day, probably 10 hour days and, you know, working consistently with the mask on. So that was a huge challenge for me personally, health wise. So it, it has changed tremendously in, a, in the industry. Now, you've been in the industry since 2001, right? So you got your cosmetology license uh, in Augusta, Georgia. You've been in Knoxville for eight years. What what prompted you to launch the studio in 2019? Well, I wanted to really, really um, make a difference in the um, industry. 
I, I've done it so long. I've been doing it since I was 16, 15, 16 years old. And it was like one of my coping mechanisms as a kid. <laughs> and I'm um, moving and I want to just do something different from Augusta, Georgia. So Nashville, I haven't even never even heard of Nashville, Tennessee. So when I moved out here, I was just kind of just going off the of whim, like, okay, let's do it. So um, when I moved to the area, um, it, it just, I just felt like when I had, I had actually wore my hair natural since 2010. So I had locks and a lot of people in the community was like, oh, who did your hair? And I was like, me. And they was very interested. They had no one, you know, really familiar in the area that I knew of at the time. So I decided to go ahead and branch off from um, teaching and just really, really migrated back into the, the studio and the hair care world. And um, here I am a year, and a year and a half later, really, really making a difference. I, I love it. That's awesome. And so, yeah, not only do you have a great client base of folks that come in, but then you you also are continuing to teach classes. I think that was that was one of the big things of this year, right? Is that you're Absolutely. offering grading classes. Folks can get registered with the Tennessee State Board, and that's a that's a significant undertaking. It takes 16 hours to complete. You get a certificate. You do the customized training. How many folks are coming in to take advantage of of, of your expertise and learn from you? Actually, I kicked that off back in August, and so far I have certified five students, and now they're legit. They're working in the salon, and they have their own client base uh, already, so they just need to make sure they get, you know, solidified in that that part of working and, and braiding and being, you know, more, you know, going with the rules and regs and the, the salon um, per se board of Tennessee. So um, that that is actually going very well, and I actually opened up a classroom in Oak Ridge, Tennessee, so we can actually have that social distance. So we won't um, be too claustrophobic in the space that I have now because it's, it's really really kicking off. So I'm um, just kind of really expanding that part of it, and um, it's, it's going amazing. That's fantastic. Well, I mean, what a great contribution! Like you talked about to the community, right? This is five new people Absolutely. coming into cosmetology that are benefiting from from your expertise and your teaching. Uh, and at the same time, you're growing your own business and continuing to add more customers, which is great balance. I think it's interesting, too. I wanted to ask you about, you know, kind of the, the third aspect, if you will, of the business is you're really establishing kind of a, a lifestyle brand, right? With merchandise for, as you call it, the everyday go-getter and the fashionista. Uh, when did you decide to kind of get into the merchandise business? Is that something that you've always done or is that something that you've added more recently? Well, actually, when I cut my hair off back in 2010, uh, it was super low, and I I cut my hair off, and I had my, my lips were thick, and I was like, okay, look at my nose. I was like, okay, we got to soften this up, in my opinion at the time, and I uh, was just really growing into the craft, so I decided to wear big earrings, so I started wearing the big earrings with the low haircut, and that just kind of became my signature in the uh, the industry or just people know me at all you know in general so i love big earrings and i decided to make that somewhat my style as far as wearing hats and earrings and i actually now we, we're selling that you know merchandise in the, the studio now because you know it's just not more just in hair it's, just, it's more of just a fashion and your confidence as well too i mean just a cute pair of earrings can make the whole hairstyle just you know just just make your day so I feel like it's always important to situate the style that you already bring in. Yeah, no question. I think, you know, one of the answers 
that you wrote in when we were connecting by email, I thought was so was so interesting. The pandemic for many of us and for a lot of business owners has been a time for reflection. And I, one of the things that you wrote is it really allowed me to realize that I've grown in the industry tremendously, right? So when you kind of pause, it's like, oh, wow, we've got a real head of steam here. I've got a bunch of clients. I've got people coming in, taking classes from me. I've got merchandise. And the next thing that, that you said, I think is really interesting that I wanted to ask you about is you said, I always prepare for the unknown, which is a great business practice, full stop. Uh, and I was grateful that I held on to some of the income instead of buying things that I don't need. Uh, is that just by nature? Is that kind of in your, in your DNA as a business owner to be you know, conservative about your purchases? Or did you have a, a sense that, because you, you know, you've been in, in business in this studio for you know, a year, two years now. So you're definitely in that growth mode, but you had the foresight to hold some, hold some cash in reserve that help you to weather this pandemic. Is that something that you, you sort of knew something might happen? Certainly not the pandemic, but you, were, you just wanted to make sure you had some cushion. Uh, oh, or, yeah. Or, yeah. As, as a single parent, you know, it's so cliche. They, you know, now it's, they say it's so cliche to say single parent, but it's, it's real. It's your single parent. You got two kids. I have two kids and I have a son that's in college and I have a daughter who's thinking about college. She's a junior in high school. And those are some, you know, those are necessary things that I need to make sure I have cushion away just in case. And me being a foster child, when I, you know, grew out of the foster system, I knew I had to have it. So nobody else was at the time was going to have my back. So I had to have my own back. So it's always been a, a personal practice of mine to save and to, you know, make sure you have it stashed away just in case. Well, of course you want to splurge, but, you know, in a sense, you need to, you know, be rational and be reasonable. So I, I during the pandemic, I, we said, you know, we sat back, even my kids, we make sure we create a budget and because um, they never know if this could ever happen in their lifetime again. So I want to make sure that they're, you know, um, ahead of what could possibly happen. Not to say it's going to happen, but we still want to make sure we're secure. That's fantastic. And, it, and that reminds me of what you said earlier in the show is that your work in cosmetology has always been, you know, since you were younger, you've been in the industry for a long time has been a coping mechanism. Talk about kind of what's, what has that meant to you, kind of, you know, really pouring yourself into your work? The coping mechanism came from, we, I grew up on a farm, so we had a lot of land and a lot of time. <laughs> so <laughs> when I had a couple of dogs, I love Cabbage Patch, and that was like my first go-to. So Cabbage Patch was my go-to, my first client, actually. And uh, it was just sitting there, just kind of, I knew I had a lot of creativity. I love to paint. I love to draw. And it just came, the word hair just came natural. And I could, you know, create revenue from it. And <laughs> so it was like, yes, I think that's what I want to do. And that really, really pulled me through high school. That was something I had to make a little change in my pocket. And um, just to kind of really, really just take off with it. And I, Created a base at high school back in Warrington, Georgia, and that's you know where I really my foundation was laid. So I'm 40 now, and I'm I still see a bright future. Still see it. Absolutely. Um, have there been any unique challenges that you've faced? You know, anytime that we talk with entrepreneurs in the show, we kind of talk about the roller coaster of entrepreneurship. So you know, the highlights of 
getting that first customer and pursuing a passion, uh, being able to grow a company, but also, you know, the big challenges that we face. What are some of the challenges that you've faced and are any of them, you know, unique to the fact that you're a woman owned business, you're a black owned business? Uh, You know, how have you been able to grow the company like you have? To be quite honest, I became a hermit. (laughs) I really became, I, I became a hermit in a good way that, you know, I had some friendships and some relationships that needed to be cut off. And a lot of my friends didn't understand, you know, the, that that particular lifestyle that I was creating for, you know, my family, because I, I want to create a legacy. And some things had to be cut off and some friendships had to go. And, you know, just learning to be more humble and really accepting the, the fight and really, really being patient. Just, that was my number one thing, being patient, because I'm so used to going, going, going. And then when it doesn't happen right then, oh, I got to reevaluate. So if it's not happening doing hair-wise, I have to work on paperwork. So there's paperwork need to be done. So that's another challenge. <laughs> so getting paperwork and making sure rules and regulations and, and operating policies are set in place to make sure you, you know, you can clarify to your, your audience who's just looking up, looking at you on a website and not really knowing you personally through a physical being and that that has really kind of been a challenge for me kind of getting that part conveyed to my audience like hey you can't just walk in anymore i love you but you gotta go online <laughs> so <laughs> no i love that you i love that you use the word patience because i frequently think for myself and for a lot of the other entrepreneurs that i've met there a shared trait sometimes is impatience, right? There's a desire to, to change things, move fast. And those are, those are generally uh, traits that are applauded in entrepreneurs. But I think it's really important to focus on a, a word that you just mentioned, which is legacy building. I mean, what, what an amazing perspective to take of, yeah, I want to move fast. I want to grow my company. I need to do this and I need to do this now. But at the same time, let's do it in the right way and build this legacy, right? For, for your kids who you talked about earlier and, and also for yourself. And I think having that, having that perspective is important. I mean, in addition to that, what advice would you give to other young entrepreneurs getting ready to start their entrepreneurial journey? How are you teaching the, the students that have, that have come in to learn braiding and get the state certification from you? What advice are you giving to them about uh, jumping into business? Number one is to have a plan, have a vision, write it down, be specific. That's one thing that I didn't realize that I needed to be a specific about my business. Like, what do I stand for? What type of vibe or what type of tone I'm trying to create in my business? And that's always number one. And don't procrastinate. Just get it done. Like, there's <laughs> so much going on. And we got so much going on. If we start procrastinating on a small thing, it really actually makes us feel better because now we have that off our plate to get done. So make a plan, create a vision, write it down, be specific, and don't procrastinate. That's always been my 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 quota, you know, in the, the studio. Like just just get it done. I love that advice. I mean, there's definitely power in writing something down, getting it out there. What, what about on the procrastination front? Do you, how do you avoid that? Is it, uh, you know, do you have folks that kind of hold you accountable? Or are you a person that shares your goals with others and they share goals with you? And so you kind of 
uh, you know, track each other's progress and encourage each other? Or is it just a matter of making a checklist and knocking things off throughout the day? I actually had a client last Sunday that I was uh, servicing and I was telling her, like, look, I have such and such and such to do this week. And I knew she was going to come back the following week to get, you know, the rest of the service done. It was like a process. So I told her that Sunday, I knew she was going to come back the next week, the following Sunday. So when she came in this Sunday, we're talking about, which was actually Sunday just passed. She said, Tiffany, so how was your week? What did you get done? I said, everything that we talked about last week. I said, I did the videos. I did the website. I cleaned this up. I did this. She said, oh, so you got everything done you said you was going to do. And I said, yes. Yeah, so did you get your stuff done? She was like, no. <laughs> so I'm like, so we hold each other accountable. I was like, okay, so let's get it done. So she actually texted me this morning. She said, I got everything done we said we were talking about. So I try to go with random people that I normally wouldn't talk to daily. And I just kind of check in with them to see if they kind of like, did you really listen to me? Like, are you going to hold me accountable? So I kind of go with people, strangers are my best go-to to hold me accountable. Yeah, I like that. And, and, and customers, right? I mean, it's almost yeah. like a bonus service. Like you're helping them probably mm-hmm. to achieve their goals too. If they want to share a couple things and then see you in a week or two or for their next appointment, uh, you can kind of track their progress and help them on their journey, which I think is great. Um, who, you know, you're a mentor to your students. Have there been uh, organizations, people uh, here in this area or going back to when you first got into the business that have been mentors for you? Yes, absolutely. I actually, okay, this should be cliche too. So like Damon is like one of my mentors here in the area that I recently really tapped into. And he's, he's a great client. And then he just became a friend and a big brother actually too. So I, I really, really admire Damon. And there has been a couple of more people um, I met at Paul Mitchell through, um, you know, by way of different states or whatnot. And I have some people back home, Michelle Wood-Smith. She actually grew me into this industry as far as being a more professional black woman. And I really, really kudos to her. And she's, she's it's so many more people that I really, really take and I just take bits and pieces from people that I meet on the journey. And I just want to create that that good person to everybody. So it's, it's a lot more. Those are just some people that really just stick out right now. Yeah, for sure. And for listeners, when, uh, when Tiffany's talking about Damon, she's talking about Damon Rawls, who runs Damon Rawls Consulting Group and is also uh, a guest on the podcast and a good friend. So that's, that's fantastic. He, he's a great mentor to lots of of entrepreneurs throughout the community. Um, jumping into some some rapid fire questions as you look forward to uh, 2021, uh, do you anticipate adding more people to your team? Are you going to be hiring, do you think? I will be hiring me. Like I said, my partner, uh, Karina, they're actually having a boutique and a learning center in Oak Ridge, Tennessee that we're going to open up next year. We're not for sure when we're going to have the grand opening. We just ready for we just being patient that's number one and uh, i plan to make the natural aesthetics brand bigger with some products and some personally owned products with the brand so i'm excited about that and uh it, it's just a whole lot going on I'm, I'm taking it in it can be very overwhelming because it's so very new for me but 
I'm going to take it in stride and I'm just going to ask the people like you, Brandon and David and anybody else I can get my hands on and the guy in the background who's helping with the, the mic. <laughs> I'm asking all the questions. So <laughs> I want yeah, sure. <laughs> perfect. That's a perfect segue in the next question. I mean, what are the best ways that the community, how can Knoxville help you continue to grow the business? Come support. Come and just see what natural aesthetics has to offer. If you're interested in learning more about uh, being your natural self, because that's where I got that from, just just being your natural, authentic self and just uh, create your own vibe and just not really care what people think. If you want to wear your hair crazy the way it grows out your scalp, then it's okay. And I just want people just to come in and just understand that there's more to Knoxville, Tennessee that a lot of people just don't no, it's just a hidden gem that now is just kind of blossoming from Mr. Brandon in the podcast. So I, I can't wait to see what happens in the future. Love it. What, what's the best way for people to book an appointment with you? Do they find you on a website, on, on social, uh, stop by the studio? What are the best ways? They can actually go to um, Natra and actually it's kind of long, N-A-D-I-V-E-R-S-E studio.com natural instead of diverse studio.com they can actually reach me on facebook tiffany walker and that's just my personal facebook and it actually can lead you to the personal business page natural aesthetics with tiffany walker they can actually find me on ig instagram miss kip zotos m-i-z-k-i-p-z-o-t-o-s and they can actually email to me as well tiffany at gmail Love it. So for listeners, if you're interested or know someone who might be interested in taking classes, Tiffany's offering those. Obviously, it's an awesome place uh, to get your hair done. And then keep an eye out uh, throughout the rest of 2020. We'll be airing this in 2021. So keep an eye out in 2021 for all the merchandise and, and some increasing lines of natural aesthetics. Tiffany, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you, Brandon. I had a ball. I was super excited. Absolutely. And thanks, everybody, for listening to the Startup Knox podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe to listen to more interviews with Knoxville entrepreneurs. If you want to know more about today's episode, check out the show notes on our website at startupknox.com, where you can also download a free guide to the Knoxville startup ecosystem. Today's episode is in partnership with the 100 Knoxville Initiative, which aims to increase revenue at Black-owned businesses in Knoxville by $10 million over the next five years. Learn more at 100knoxville.com. Join us for the next episode of the Startup Knox podcast. Thanks for listening.